invite you, if you have your Bibles this morning, to turn to Joshua chapter 3. It'll get you some time to get, find it. It's on page 334 if you're using the Bible in the seat in front of you, or you can look it up electronically. If you're new here, my name is Pastor Rob, and it's really great to, uh, to have you with us on this September long weekend. Next Sunday, we're going to kick off a sermon series that's going to go right through till the month of November, where we're going to tackle the first 10 chapters of the book of Acts and talk about what it means to be the church today. And I can't wait for that series. Uh, we'll give you some reading. Uh, if you want to read along with us as well, we'll provide um, the chapter references so you can follow along in advance. Um, but today kind of is that hinge weekend where we are kind of have one foot in the summer and we have one foot in the fall. And I don't know if you've noticed in the evenings, uh, a little bit cooler, 8 o'clock, you're outside for a walk, you're now taking a sweater, right? The days of t-shirts and shorts are, are waning. Um, and for many of us, this season, this weekend marks the transition to a new chapter of the year. New seasons, new rhythms, new emotions. Do any of these motions seem appropriate to you today? Maybe all of them at the same time? Uh, for some of you, you have a little one going to their first week of school, their first time out the door, first day pictures, first day outfits, probably enough food in their lunchbox to last them a week in case they get lost. Um, you've, just, you've just thought of everything. You've got plans and contingency plans and three after-school plans, and you've got it all figured out because this is their big day. For some of you, um, the, eight, the days of easy elementary school are over, and now you're heading to middle school. You're going to real school now, real school, and you're in for the real lessons of life. Uh, some of you are going to high school. You used to be king of the hill at middle school, and now you're going to the bottom of the pile again to be a high first-year high school student. Some of you are going to university for the very first time here in St. John, and you're just kind of like, I have no idea what I've gotten myself into. I have no idea what I'm going to do this year or how I'm going to make it all work. Uh, some of you, as I talked to someone earlier this morning, they said to me, this is the first September ever I've been retired. And then I noticed the angry faces that surrounded them of people who were not retired, and I thought they might need to go somewhere else for safety. But this is that weekend where things are going to change for people, a lot of people's rhythms, a lot of people's schedules are about to change. And with this kind of a change comes lots of emotions, right? Lots of emotions. And depending on the minute or the hour, those emotions could change dramatically. You've got excitement, you've got nerves, you've got fear, you've got joy, you've got doubt, and sometimes all of them at the same time. And the question that we're all asking in this season is, how am I going to get through? <laughs> how am I going to find my way in this brand new chapter? Well, one of the things I'm so grateful about in the scriptures is that again and again, the scripture writers capture these hinge moments in people's lives and in the church's life, in the people of Israel's life, captures these kind of hinge moments and captures all of the emotions, raw and otherwise, that oftentimes go along with it. I mean, think about Moses giving the speech to the Israelites just before they're about to enter the promised land, this hinge moment in the people of God. I think about Jeremiah, who is giving a speech to people who had just found themselves ripped out of their land of Israel and planted in the land of exile in Babylon. They were miserable about, about it. They hated it. And Nehemiah stands up and in this hinge moment gives them a speech that kind of points them in the direction that they have to go in this new chapter. I think about Jesus in the upper room with the disciples. Talk about a hinge moment. One of those moments where things were about to change. 
and the gospel writers capture the conversation that they had in this significant moment. Well, today we're going to look at one of those moments too. It's the day that Joshua leads the people across the Jordan River found in Joshua chapter 3. So let me just give us a little context before um, I read this verse. Remember, God's people had been slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Moses is sent to lead them out. Uh, They spend 40 years wandering through the promised land, and now they are just on the edge of the river about to cross over. And that image of crossing over into a new land is somewhat symbolic for the season that many of us are into in this coming fall. And so let's see what lessons we might learn from it today. Joshua chapter 3, starting at verse 1. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, who are Levites, carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But... Keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark and do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua today, I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all of Israel so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant, when you reach the edge of the Jordan's water, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, come here, listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, oh, those Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. See, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan... Its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the Ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan, while the water flowing down at the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. So the Lord is preparing the Israelites to move into the land which he has long promised for them. And he's going to do something amazing. And he's got a plan and he's got everything looked after. He's got the waters looked after and he's got the Girgashites looked after. And he's got two things that he wants his people to do as they get ready to cross over. 
And I want to suggest to us today, as we cross over into a new season, into a new fall, that these two things are good for us as well. The first thing the Lord calls the people to do is to consecrate themselves. To consecrate themselves. Now, to consecrate means to make yourself holy. This is about devotion. Who do I belong to? Who am I going to follow? Who is my Lord? And this call causes us all to take a moment of reflection and to ask ourselves, as we enter into this brand new season, who will we trust? Where will we find strength? Where will we find courage? What will be our source of life along the way? And are we willing as we enter into this new season to say the Lord is going to be our God? And in this decisive moment in Israel's history, Joshua calls the people and says, stop, just stop for a second. Before you run into the river and just rush on over, just stop. To whom do you belong in this season? To whom will you rely? Dedicate yourself. Make the choice today to trust me. Now, some of you who've read through the book of Joshua will remember that the book ends with this same call. Remember Joshua? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The book begins and it ends with this theme of dedicating themselves to the Lord. Part of consecrating yourself means acknowledging sin and recognizing sin that you may have in your life. Because, and sin is all about trust. When we enter into a life of sin, what we're basically saying is, God, I don't trust you to have the best in store for me, so I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I don't trust you on this issue. I don't trust your teaching on this matter. I trust myself better, and so I'm going to do what I want to do in this area of my life. Sin is really about all trust. And so as we enter into a new season, consecrating ourselves or making ourselves holy is also the opportunity to stop and reflect on our lives and say, where are there areas in my life where I have said to the Lord, maybe knowingly, maybe unknowingly, I don't trust you to be Lord of this part of my life. And consecrating ourselves is to say, God, I'm trusting you with all of my heart. I'm not going to depend on my own understanding, but will seek your will in all that I do, trusting you to lead me in your way. And so we die to ourselves and ask, Lord, to lead us into this new season. So as you think about this new season that's before you, this bright new September 2023 What would it look like for you to consecrate yourself, to dedicate yourself to the Lord in this season? Maybe it means to say, God, I trust you more than my emotions and this crazy mix of feelings. I trust you more than my 15-point plan and my Excel spreadsheet that has it all planned out. Maybe it means, God, there's been a part of my life I've been ignoring you. And as I enter into this fall, I'm going to consecrate myself and ask you to be Lord of all of my life. Maybe you've been in a stubborn showdown with the Lord on a certain matter and you're going to seek to resolve it. Maybe you're just scared to death and you just need to say, Lord, I'm going to put my whole life in your hands, come what may. God calls the people to cross the water. He's got the Girgashites in hand, he's got the rivers all figured out, but he calls us first to dedicate ourselves or rededicate ourselves to him. The second thing he tells them Seems really easy. Step into the water. Put your feet into the water. Some of you have done this this summer. You've gone to the Bay of Fundy. You put your feet into the water up to your ankles. 
Then you started to cry because it hurt so bad because the water was so cold and you stepped back on the beach. You sweat to the river, you went to the lake and you just put your feet in the water and you just stood there for a minute. It wasn't much, it wasn't a heroic effort. But this is what the Lord is calling the people to do. Take a step, put your feet into the water. But that's not what this is, it's about so much more than that. This is about trust. Because God's pattern so often in our lives, so often throughout the, the teachings or the moments, these kind of significant moments of Scripture is this. God makes a promise, He asks us to take the first step, and then He's faithful. Have you experienced this in your life? God makes a promise to you, you sense His leading, you sense Him calling you to do something, to say something, to stop something. You just sense Him leading you in a direction. And then He says to you, take the first step. It's about trust. Do you trust me? If you trust me, you'll take the first step. We take the first step, and then God is faithful. This is the pattern of faith for so many times in our lives. God invites, he asks us to take the step, and then he provides. What will that look like for you this fall? What is God calling you to calling you away from, calling you into, and saying to you, take the first step. Show to me that you really trust me. And after you've done that, I will be faithful to you. When I think about this passage, I think about the difference between Sunday church and Monday reality. Okay, we can sit here, we can talk about this. I can go on this for, what, another 20 minutes and whip you up into some kind of inspirational frenzy and we can sing a big song and have the whole thing going and that's great. You're going to leave here and you could walk across the river on top of it if you wanted to because you would be so fired up, right? We could do that. But come Monday morning when that alarm clock goes off, the emotions of this hour, the thoughts of this hour can feel 100 miles away. And that's the reality, and that's the space that we all live in. That's the space that Jesus calls us to be his disciples and to follow him, which requires trust. To say, God, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm going to take a step of faith. You've promised. I'm not so sure I feel it anymore, but I'm going to take a step of faith into this thing that you are calling to me. I don't know if you, as, you were re as I was reading this pa passage to you, if there was a verse that kind of popped off the page. For me, it was the verse that, I think it was in verse 4, it says, you've never been this way before. The Lord acknowledges to the people of Israel as they're getting ready to cross over, look, I know this is tough, because you've never done this before. You've never gone this way before. This is brand new to you. You knew what to do in the wilderness. You don't know what to do in the promised land. It's familiar for you, falling around by the cloud and the fire and all. You know how to do that, but you don't know how to do what's coming next. And God says, I recognize that you've not come this way before, but I invite you to follow me. So what is God calling you to in this next season? What's the thing? Maybe you know what it is. Maybe this is going to be a season of discovering for you. The opportunity to step into something that God has called you to and to witness his faithfulness. Now, there's a detail in here that oftentimes, if, uh, even if you're churched or unchurched, you hear it, you have re don't really appreciate the significance of it. But it's the mentioning of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was a box, literally, that was carried around by the priests on poles, um, but it was so significant and so symbolic. It had a number of things actually contained in the box. Inside were the Ten Commandments, which meant it was heavy. 
It was the Ten Commandments upon which were not just the rules, but God crafting a vision for people. This is what it's going to be like to be my people in compared to the people around us. This is where you're going to find life. This is what's going to define us as a people. There was a pot of manna, assuming it was in Tupperware so it didn't go bad, um, reminding people of God's provision for them again and again throughout their wilderness journey. There was Aaron's rod, a dead stick that at times burst to life, showing them the power of God to bring dead things back to life. There was the ark on top of it called the mercy seat, which symbolized that God's presence was with them each and every step of the way. This ark screamed to the people, I've been with you every step of the way to this point. This was not just a history lesson to them. This was their personal experience of walking with the Lord, captured in all of these things in a reminder that God has been faithful to us in the past, and that's our hope in the future. But it wasn't just that. Notice how God instructed the ark. God's presence goes first. God's presence goes first, meaning this, we will not step into the future um, and find ourselves alone, God's already there. That whatever this fall looks like for you, when you step into it, God is already there in the midst of it. When your kindergartner steps into that classroom for the very first time, God's already there. You don't need to find God and take him to the school. When your kid goes to high school for the very first time and you watch them go on the bus or you drop them off on the street and you watch them go into that building, he's already there. Teachers, when you show up at your classroom and you look at all the kids, believe it or not, God is there. He's already there. He's already there. Meaning there's nothing that you're going to face this fall where the Lord is not there ready to meet you with what you need. Now, I wanted to stop the message right here, Um, and it was tempting to do so. But here's the challenge. This is only chapter 3 in the book of Joshua. Joshua has 24 chapters, which means there's 21 more chapters to come, leaving us to ask the question, why does it take 21 more chapters to talk about the people crossing over into the promised land? (laughs) Well, it's because the people had some problems along the way. Things didn't go as planned. And I only share that not to discourage you, but as a reminder of the beauty of God's word, that it does not sugarcoat the realities of stepping into new seasons and stepping into new chapters, that it can be difficult and it can be challenging. And most of that is just the stuff that we bring to the table. But there's outside circumstances as well. And as you read through the next 21 chapters in the book of Joshua, the theme is essentially this. God is faithful in every season. Whether the people of Israel are obeyed or disobeyed, He was faithful. Whether the Girgashites gave them more than they had imagined or not, He was faithful. Whether they ran into things that they could have never imagined, God was faithful. So that's our hope. As you enter into this new fall, whatever it looks like, whatever joys, challenges, surprises that there may be, We can count on him.